0: Hello my friends, welcome to the Fit for Prosperity podcast. I'm your host Lucas. thank you so much for tuning in. For today's episode I have been interviewing Reddy. Reddy is a long-term blockchain and crypto enthusiast. He got into the crypto space in 2014, mostly as a programmer, so he really knows the ins and outs of the blockchain and the crypto technology. And That's pretty much what you have been talking about. How does crypto actually work, which are good cryptocurrencies or what are the attributes of good cryptocurrency, how can you safely invest, how can you distinguish between good and bad projects, And um, how does all all the stuff work, the basics um, and some more advanced stuff. So it doesn't matter if you're new into the crypto space or in here for a long time already, I'm sure you're going to learn a lot of new stuff. I certainly did. Learn a lot about the technology behind it. I really enjoyed this episode, uh, so I hope you enjoy it too. If you do so, please um, subscribe to the channel, it would mean a lot to me. And thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy the show, Michael. Introduce yourself. Um, what are you doing? And who are you? Let us know.
1: Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me. So, my name is Michael Fioretti. Um, most Pretty much everybody on the internet calls me Ready because my last name is Fioretti. But you call me Michael, doesn't matter. Um, So I am a software engineer by trade, um, but I got into cryptocurrency all the way back in 2014 with Bitcoin um, and really looking at it from a protocol level, you know, working with um, wallet creation, transactions, things like that. Uh, Been working on and off in the space since 2014, as well as purchasing cryptocurrency and, you know, looking at all of the new coins and the markets and things like that. Um, and honestly, with the advent of Clubhouse back in late 2020, or basically the beginning of 2021, I started um, moderating some cryptocurrency rooms, you know, basics in terms of what wallets are, how transactions work, you know, what coins to potentially look into, because I'm not, you know, allowed to tell people, hey, you have to go buy this coin, because you'll make money, which unfortunately, a lot of people do in the space. Um And I just realized that like, there's still a huge need for education in general, especially when prices of these currencies rise very sharply, you know, whatever the reason that may be, Um, you know, the people just kind of jump in and they're not really sure what exactly they're putting their money into. Um, So yeah, basically for the past six months, uh, really on Clubhouse, six to eight months, I've been talking every single day. Uh, in a club called the Black Bitcoin Billionaires, where I'm a moderator. Uh, we've got about 125,000 members now, and we host rooms every single day about just crypto basics. We have late night rooms, morning, uh, rooms at like 7 a.m. Eastern, um, rooms pretty much all day just with education. Uh, and then I also run the Crypto Ready podcast, where I kind of elaborate a, into a little bit more detail into some other topics, you know, common cryptocurrency scams, uh, general private key security uh, things like that. And then I also have the Crypto Ready YouTube channel where I pretty much do the same thing, just really in video format, uh, a little bit of a, a shorter type of content, five to 10 minutes. You know how podcasts could be an hour, for example. Um, but yeah, that, that's pretty much me. I'm excited to, to chat with you, man.
0: Awesome. Uh, you have been taking a little bit away from my first question. As I said, you got into crypto in 2014, but how exactly did you get into it? What was it that fascinated you and <laughs> made you stick with it?
1: Yeah, it's a pretty good story. So basically, I was in university. I was a so- I was in my second year, and uh, you know, again, I'm a software engineer, so I was studying computer science. And I basically got an email from, like, I had heard about Bitcoin back in high school, but I I didn't really have the money to put into it, and like even if I wanted to put money into it, even though it was cheap, you know, I'm a high school student, I didn't have a job, I was focused <laughs> on school, and I didn't really know like how it worked. But I got an email in university from my old um, engineering recruiter, she basically reached out and found partnerships and potential internships for the students. And she said, there is a company here uh, locally, I'm, I'm based in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, so there's a company based in Lexington local, where they're looking for engineers who are interested in working with bitcoin and i'm like well that seems kind of cool you know it wasn't paid but it was close to my house and i had nothing to do for the summer and i wanted just some experience so that's where i went and met uh lamar wilson who is a uh pretty well-known figure in the space he made one of the first bitcoin wallets ever it was pretty much the only bitcoin wallet available on the ios app store back in the day he's spoken you know at, at conferences all across the globe, you know, at MIT, and he's been to Bitcoin conferences. He's very popular in the space, but I didn't know that obviously. So we met and we got some food and we, I just started working with him and I went into it from a programming perspective, which is really how I got into Bitcoin. Um, so I started learning how wallets worked, you know, how to make a Bitcoin wallet, how to make a Bitcoin transaction. How, to, how does a blockchain work? How does the network work, you know, at the core level, um, and that's pretty much how I got into it. And then after after that internship, you know, I went back to school, was still kind of dabbling in crypto. And then in 2015, he basically went and raised uh, money from Silicon Valley, you know, with Tim Draper and, and people, you know, in that area. And he said, hey, you know, ready? I know we interned together. Like, I actually got money now. We can go to work. And we started working on a project called Fluent. But eventually it turned into a company called Hydro, H-I-J-R-O, which I believe is still around. And we, we pretty much tokenized accounts receivables on the blockchain. Mm-hmm. So in terms of like my exposure into crypto, it's, I, I like to think that it's a lot different than what most people do. They're just like, oh, I'm trying to make money. And I really wasn't looking at it in a way for making money. I, I literally just loved the blockchain tech and I wanted to work with it and, and, um, and really get to know how it works and build dope stuff on top of it, really.
0: Did you back then when you did that internship and kind of saw from the back end, I'd assume you saw the potential, or you probably knew before what's the potential blockchain. But did you ever think that Bitcoin would get that far, and we would talk about fifty to sixty thousand no, dollar per Bitcoin and stuff? Never, never. <laughs>
1: I mean, I should in hindsight's twenty twenty. I probably should have realized, you know, with its limited supply of twenty one million and all of that, that it would have been like that, but. When I got into Bitcoin, it was right after the Mt. Gox crash. So Bitcoin, Mm -hmm. if people for the listeners who don't know, there was a an exchange called Mt. Gox based in Japan. At one point, they had maybe 65, 70, 75% of the total circulating supply in Bitcoin, like everybody used to this exchange, right? So what happened was unfortunately they got hacked. Quote unquote hacked because, like, the government, at least the US government, I believe, stepped in, or the Japanese government stepped in a couple of years later. They're still trying to recover funds, but the price of Bitcoin tanked all the way down to like $150, $200. Um, so, when I got that's pretty much when I got in. I was buying, I was buying like half a Bitcoin for a hundred bucks, or like 0.44 Bitcoin for a hundred bucks. I've got screenshots on my phone from a Coinbase or whatever to, to prove it, like, not like it really matters, but. I mean, I, I distinctly remember saying, like, if Bitcoin hits $2,000, I'm going to, like, lose it. Like, there's no way. And to be honest, I was so, like, focused <laughs> on my work um, in terms of, you know, again, working on the blockchain and building projects. And then I was in a startup and startup culture, you know, is very grind, 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 get it out. We got to be first to market. We got to go, go, go. Um, so I was working, like, 12, 13-hour days, but I loved it. It didn't even feel like work. So like I wasn't even thinking about the price. I was just like, Bitcoin's cool. Like I'm going to use it when I can. Cause usually companies would give you like a discount or uh, some incentive to use Bitcoin to pay for stuff instead of using like fiat, like USD or whatever. Um, so, you know, if it was a hundred bucks and it was 10% off with Bitcoin, I'd buy the Bitcoin. And then I would just send it and pay for the, uh, and pay for the product. It wasn't even really like an investment vehicle back then as it is really today, as, you know, you talk to people now about Bitcoin and they're like, oh, it's long-term store of value. Um, Maybe it's just me, but I never thought about it that way until very recently, just because like the market kind of capitulated up to 40, 50, 60,000, which is insane to think about.
0: I mean, I guess that makes a lot of sense because if you think the core idea when they developed Bitcoin was to actually create a currency and not to create kind of a digital gold right and mm-hmm. um, the narrative has now switched a lot into bitcoin being a digital gold um what do you think is so great about cryptocurrency and the uh, blockchain techn- technology why do you think it's something that everybody nowadays should get at least informed about and should know mm-hmm. um where we're going
1: that's a good question. So I guess I'll, I'll break it down into two points. Uh, we'll talk about crypto and then we'll talk about blockchain. Um, I've, again, I've always been a big fan of, I've always called myself a blockchain enthusiast more than a cryptocurrency advocate. Um, blockchain to me is a way to kind of de-silo things, to decentralize things. Like everyone talks about rah-rah decentralization, but in terms of having transparency and auditability on a immutable ledger like a blockchain, is very interesting or very appealing to larger institutions um you know that's why we're starting to see banks get into digital ledgers and bitcoin and things like that we're starting to see major institutions holding bitcoin on their balance sheets people like michael saylor elon musk dabbled in it a little bit but now he's kind of on the doge train and um you know everyone's kind of you know dipping their toes into it and you know, it's going to take some time, but, but again, I, like even back in 2017, 2018, we saw things like Hyperledger, Corda, uh, the Quorum blockchain by JP Morgan, blockchains that didn't really necessarily have a native asset on top of them, but they were just used as pretty much a database, like a digital ledger. Because, um, you know, all the blockchain really is, is a distributed decentralized database that's immutable, pretty much. Like there's so many things you really could do without a blockchain. Um, but I just, I just want people to know about it because I, I really do think that the technology is transformative. Um, and it's still just relatively new, uh, in terms of blockchain being used at scale. Um, I believe Walmart has done some POCs, uh, with blockchain and it, it's just going to take some time to really utilize the technology, which again, I'm all of, I'm all for blockchain. Now, crypto on the other hand, um, I've kind of slowly turned into a Bitcoin maxi, not completely, but the the issue that with crypto is there needs to be like a defined reason for someone to either put money into it or for people to put or to people to use it. So going back to 2014, like you said, like you pretty much pointed out, I wasn't looking at Bitcoin as a store of value. If you read the white paper, you know, the technical document about Bitcoin, it says it's supposed to be or trying to be, you know, electronic peer-to-peer cash. And that's how I always saw it. So, you know when I get into certain currencies, I'm usually either writing code on top of their platform or I'm actually using them for their intended use case. Um, I mean, I think now there's at least 10, 11,000 different cryptocurrencies with a majority of them being built like on top of other platforms like Ethereum and Binance Smart Chain and things like that. And the issues with those currencies is that they don't really have any sort of intrinsic use case or intrinsic value. You'll see this a lot with like meme coins, is what people call them, or a more politically correct way to call meme <laughs> coins. Um, you know things like Safe Moon and Dogelon and Safe Bars and Baby Doge and all these derivatives of basically the exact same thing. I mean, um, even Dogecoin, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dogecoin was created as a joke, and now all of a sudden, I just read in the and you know CoinDesk that they're trying to respin up the the developer foundation for Doge because it's gotten so much new, uh, like the market cap has exploded because, I mean, we remember buying Doge under a 10th, a, a thousandth, a hundredth of a penny or whatever, because we always knew it was kind of like a little joke. Like it was a little blockchain that could, it's a great experiment. Um, anyone who's technical, I definitely advise to, you know, try making your own blockchain with a couple of nodes, you know, fork Bitcoin or fork Ethereum, modify some of the chain parameters and, Make sure you achieve consensus just as an experiment. But like right now, the the market is just like everyone's trying to make money. And I think the issue with that is people are, you know, they're FOMOing into projects that they don't understand like how they work. So to take it all all the way back to your question, um, I I just want I just want to teach as many people as possible about how all this stuff actually works and talk about new projects and do project reviews and read through white papers, you know, and not give financial advice. Cause obviously I'm not a CPA. I'm not an advisor. I'm not allowed to tell people like, hey, you should go buy this coin. It's going to spike up 50X. And like you go on YouTube, you go on Reddit and Twitter, like that's all, and Instagram, that's all you see is, hey guys, these are my top three altcoin picks and they're going to explode 3000%. Like I'm (laughs) I'm like not even allowed to do that pretty much, you know, especially with what the SEC is doing here in the United States in terms of determining like whether or not an asset is a security. And if they pretty much find, like even Ethereum had a presale, you know, so they might even say that Ethereum was a security, which means everything pretty much on top of Ethereum or all the ICOs are securities. So like, I'm not allowed to tell people like, go buy this coin. So I just want people to understand what they're actually getting into and then kind of try to guide them, guide them down the way. The right way not the right way but you know a, a better path than let me go google a bunch of stuff because it's a lot of information to take in when you're a beginner you know you've got mm-hmm. where do i buy it how do i store it what's a wallet what's a hot or cold wallet what's a private key a demonic blah 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 like you have, have all these things that kind of bombard you and they're like well i'm just trying to make money what do i do <laughs> and that's when like the predatory type of person will swoop in and say, Hey, man, just give me your crypto and I'll flip it for you and give you some of the profit, which is like a total scam, but people fall for it every day. So just trying to educate as many people into like all these different facets of the Mm -hmm. cryptocurrency space so that they can make their own decisions. And even if they go and buy like a Dogecoin, like I don't hate people who buy Dogecoin. I just want them to know like, okay, I bought it here. It's stored in this wallet, I'm not going to lose it and etc. To where like, there's so many people on Robinhood that have Dogecoin, and they don't even realize they can't move Dogecoin out of Robinhood. So like Robinhood might not even have the asset. It might just be like play pretend funny money, you know? So if Robinhood goes down, they don't have access to their coin. And we saw that actually when the price of Dogecoin spiked a couple of times where uh, Robinhood basically had an outage and people couldn't sell. Um, and, you know, people kind of have conspiracy theories and say it's market manipulation, which it could be, but who knows? I'm not accusing them of anything. Um, but yeah, man, we just have to, in my in my mind, like I feel like I have to educate as many people as possible like, as soon as possible before this really reaches mass adoption. Like, five years ago, I never would have thought, like, PayPal would have Bitcoin, um, Elon Musk would be into crypto, the whole Michael Saylor thing, having huge conferences. Like, I ne- it, like it never occurred to me that it would kind of get popular this quickly.
0: Um, so, yeah, it was touched it a little bit. Yeah. Um... People shouldn't be getting into which is the um, next coin that I should buy or what to buy. But well, I mean, that's exactly what everyone who wants to get involved with crypto asks me, bro, which coin should I buy? And I think it's exactly what they type in on YouTube, which coin to buy in August 2021. Um, what would you recommend those people to actually search for and actually learn about so that they get? useful information
1: so the the issue i have with like the whole what coin should i buy is that it's been proven through like interviews and and documents um you know obviously it's a podcast but so it's like hey go read this but you could you could look it up and and i always hate saying do your own research because i want to help people um, mm-hmm. But it's been like there have been people like whistleblowers almost that say like these new coins will pay people on Twitter. They'll pay people on YouTube to basically talk about their coin. You know, people would mm-hmm. say, oh, they're shilling their coin pretty much is what you'll hear. And they'll give them some coins as a reward and say, hey, you know, you've got 300,000 YouTube subs. Here's a couple million tokens and you should talk about it to your audience. So they'll all go and buy it and then you could just sell on top of them and yeah. make your money. Um, so what I want people to really focus on is uh, like the number one question in my, like, in my opinion, the number one question you have to ask is why? Why this coin? Why does it have to be on a blockchain? What use case does it solve? Um, and then realize that the majority of these new assets that are coming out are not even on a blockchain. Like they're on a blockchain, but they're on top of another protocol, so to speak. So um, Ethereum, for example, has ERC 20s. Uh, Stellar Lumens has uh, decentralized exchange, but they also have a way to have assets on top of their platform. Binance Smart Chain just came out a couple months ago, maybe half a year ago, where you could basically take any asset on top of Ethereum and put it on top of Binance. So the issue with these assets is that there's there's not really any intrinsic value. So I just want people to ask, why am I purchasing Like, why am I putting money into this coin or into this token? You know, who are the founders? Is their social media up in in good standing? Are they active in the community? Do they have a Discord? Do they have a subreddit? Do they have a Slack channel I can join? Or, you know, an IRC chat, I mean, a YouTube channel, anything. Like, are they putting out any updates to the community saying, hey, here's our roadmap. This is why you should give us money. Um, because it's almost like investing in a company, like early stage, pretty much, right? When you have a new project, because that's what they did in 2016-17 in with the ICOs. They said, hey, we've got this dope idea. Here's our roadmap. Here are our founders. Here's our backers. We have an advisory board. We have got a website. Here's the goal. You know, here is how you could buy the, t- like as a reward for in putting investing money into us, we're going to give you these shares at a discount, which is the pre-sale, pretty much. But nowadays anybody is like, there's so much FOMO. There's so much like hype about making money that people are buying literally anything. Um, (laughs) Like anybody can make, and that's the thing, like anybody with a couple, a little bit of money, I don't know what gas fees are for Ethereum, for example, but anybody could go to a website because back in the day, you didn't used to do this. You'd have to write code for it. But now anybody can make a token by going to a couple websites and, make it like they make a token website like hey here's our token here's how to buy it and then they make the token through like a website and anyone can make any of these assets now and people are buying them so i just want people to ask like why are you purchasing this who created it are they public are they anonymous like again with social media are they updating anything like just just ask questions and do as much research as you can before putting money into it and if you do don't put any more than you're willing to lose because I've heard horror stories man about people losing large sums of money and they're like oh well I just thought it was gonna go up <laughs> it's yeah. like, Oh Like, well now I gotta sell my car to pay the bills I'm like why'd you put the money in if you couldn't afford to lose it you know
0: yeah I mean people were uh, so convinced that everything can just go up i mean we just saw it a couple months ago when bitcoin crossed the 60k and like everyone went nuts and mm. i mean the shittiest tokens as you said made like hundred eggs and people were just i mean no one was really even caring anymore if there is any value in the project you know they were just like oh this is new it has a small market cap let me put my money into it and hope it makes 100x, you know, it's like, um, it's absolutely nuts. Um, Yeah, because what
1: happens is like the people that what will usually happen is there's a bunch of people, they're like, Oh, well, it's only like 50 bucks. Yeah, I lost 50 bucks. And it was a scam. But that's not a big deal, right? But it's almost like alcoholism where like, I don't know what the statistic is. It's like 20% of or 80% of, you know, revenue comes from 20% of the population or something like everybody puts in maybe 20 or 30 bucks. But there's always that one guy who like, there's a guy on Clubhouse who said he he, he liquidated his 401k, like all of his savings and put it into Doge when it was 70 cents. And it's still like from 70 cents down to what is it? 30, 35 today. Yeah. So the thing is, like, it's almost like we got to all come together and be like, stop buying (laughs) these coins, because it's not about you losing $50. It's about the guy Mm -hmm. who is down on his luck, desperate. He just lost his job. He's about to have a kid. He takes his $50,000 of inheritance and puts it all on um safe job something. Inu. <laughs> you know, Shiba Inu is another one. He puts it all on this thing. So like I like I couldn't buy those coins because like even if you made money, it's almost like at what cost? Like I'm basically taking money from desperate people. Who are trying to get rich <laughs> for whatever reason, whether they want the Lambos or whether like maybe they want a fancy car or whatever, but maybe like their mom is sick and needs care, or like maybe they're about to lose their house and they need money. So it's like I, I couldn't I can't tell people to buy those coins in good conscience mm-hmm. because it's like there's again, there's no intrinsic value and there's no use case.
0: Yeah, I mean that makes a lot of sense, and definitely uh I think that's the most common. Mistake I've seen in like the people around me, especially like before we had that big drop. And I mean, I saw also them buying some coins that lost like ninety percent of the value, and probably will never get back up. So um, I think that's the the chasing the pumps definitely uh, a huge uh, mistake that we see a lot. Um, what are some other common mistakes that you see a lot with people that get fresh into the crypto scenes?
1: <laughs> Man, good question. Um, I'm I've got so many. I'm just trying to think of the, the best ones. So, <laughs> number one thing is that a lot of pe- a lot of beginners don't realize that blockchain transactions are immutable. So, what I mean by immutable is that once you send Bitcoin, for example, and it confirms on the chain, there is no way for like you can't call you know, the head of Bitcoin, like you would PayPal and say, hey, I made a mistake. I need my money back. Like there, it's one way pretty much. Like once you, once you send that transaction, it's gone. So a lot of newbies actually get scammed because they'll get hit up on someone on Instagram or Twitter and say, hey, you know, I saw you're into crypto. I am too. I've been in it since you Know 2006 or some crazy number that doesn't make sense, and they'll say, Oh, I, <laughs> if you send me your Bitcoin, you know, uh, I could bet I could flip it for you, and I'll just take like a 10% feed, you could have it back. And they're like, Wow, this is great, this person's so genuine. And once they send that <laughs> Bitcoin, like, like, it's gone, you know. So that's yeah. that's that's all that's a common scam, which you would like, believe it or not, it actually happens all the time. And I you would see all those
0: people, right? Like, especially in a trading community, you see it a lot, like all of those traders on like youtube social media even the good ones they
1: traders yeah
0: no i mean there are good ones too right but even those get like there's tons of fake accounts and they get like asked oh yeah send us our bitcoin for our like trading pool whatever blah 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 i'm always like like, are there really people that send money in there and i mean i guess there are
1: yeah just because again education just because they don't know (laughs) Um, another mistake is getting into platforms that, uh, don't allow you access to the, well, there's access to the crypto because there's kind of two mindsets for, um, asset management or crypto management are there's basically people like me, I guess, who have been in for a while. And essentially, if you don't have the private key, then you don't control the asset at all. I don't care if you want Bitcoin or Dogecoin or Shiba or whatever. If you don't have the private key, then you don't have access to the funds um, so there are people out there that like, because I've seen it, there are people that have like hundreds of thousands of dollars on like exchanges. And they're like, Oh, yeah, it's good. It's just on the exchange. And they don't realize like, does no one remember Mount Gox? Does no one remember? Um, I believe there was an exchange in, in Turkey, I believe I don't want or I, I don't want to say the, the wrong place. It happened a couple months ago where that was an exchange that ran off with the money, like basically keeping their funds in custodial Um, services. So when I mean custodial, I mean that the the company kind of holds onto the crypto for you. Um, Perfect example is Robinhood. Again, there were people who made a lot of money with Dogecoin because they, you know, they got lucky or they bought in early and forgot about it or just rode the hype train up. And, you know, they can't take that Dogecoin out. And like, if there were ever any sort of service outages on Robinhood, they wouldn't be able to sell. So like, of the I got to stop saying that. I always say like a lot when I'm thinking. One of the, uh, the things I always think about with beginners is that they're using services that don't give them access to the funds pretty much. And I guess it kind of depends on if they want to store them for a long amount of time or if they're just trying to make a trade. If you're making a trade on an exchange, I could understand why you have cryptocurrency on an exchange. But if you're holding it any longer than I'd say a month, I would move it off to at least a wallet on your phone that gives you the private key. You know, because I just want to make sure people have access to their their currency and they know, again, going back to just education, knowing how to sell it, where to buy it, how to store it, things like that.
0: That makes sense. I mean, I, I must confess, I also hold a, a lot of my funds on... Um, on exchanges, but just because they uh, offer interest rates, right? Um, mm. So, yeah, for example, like Net- Nexo that offers interest rate on Bitcoin that's held there, um, Swissport for Ethereum. Um, and I leave them there because then they earn something uh, instead of putting them in cold storage where they're just rotting and not making, like, interest, you know? Uh, do you think that's, like... Dangerous, a huge mistake. um, Or do you think there is any validity in actually doing that?
1: I I don't necessarily think it's dangerous. I just, it it all kind of depends on your risk management or your personal risk tolerance. Um, You know, there are people like Celsius Network and and other companies where they'll give you interest. As far as I know, they just kind of rehypothecate the Bitcoin, so they'll kind of move it around and and find a way basically to make that interest for you. Um, I am on the I'm on team, you know, I'd rather have the asset to me 8% a year, especially even I think today actually, at least at this recording bitcoin hit 50k again when it was in the mm-hmm. 30s for 3 months. So in 6 months we gained what? 60% pretty much, at least 50% and to me like having control of the asset is more valuable than me making 5 to 10% APR or APY on a you know, on something like Celsius, but I'm not going to discredit people who are doing it. It's, and again, it's out of all of it. Like I think Celsius is safe. Um, I've heard good things about Nexo as well, but the only thing you have to remember is like at any time something could happen to where if they have access to the funds and they go down or they like run away or whatever, then you don't, then you lose the money or you lose the Bitcoin, for example, or the ether. Um, other than that, I mean, again, like, I, I personally wouldn't put too much cryptocurrency into it if you want to kind of play around with it. And to me, the interest rate doesn't work out for me personally, but it might work out for you. And, and again, everybody's different. Um, so yeah, I, w- I would just be careful because we've seen exchanges crash. We've seen exchanges be fraudulent and run with people's money. Um, and you just you just got to be careful pretty much.
0: How is your um, opinion on like DeFi protocols that pay APR. So um, let's say, for example, the big ones, Uniswap, where you can stake or like liquidity farming. Um, Do you think you run the same risks there or are they obviously more safe as they are um, decentralized?
1: Um, It's, well, I actually, honestly, right now, I honestly think they're more dangerous than something like a Nexmo or a Nexo or a... uh... A Celsius just even just recently we had the uniform yield swapping thing whatever hack where they they ran away with like 10 million in funds um, it's kind of the same principle I think if you see a coin that's offering you like 400 percent annual interest if you stake it <laughs> that to me doesn't make any sense <laughs> you know like it, yeah. <laughs> excuse me it does it doesn't make any sense. Um, just financially to be able to offer those types of returns. But people are like, hey, like 400% seems pretty good. It's <laughs> kind of funny about crypto, right? Like people complain about, oh, I only made 10% today. And I'm like, dude, like if you made 10% in a year on your money, people are like, wow, great year, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of funny how like crypto warped our, our expectations a, a little bit. But in terms of DeFi, like all of this is still so new. And we've seen hack after hack after exploit. Just because like languages like Solidity and now a lot of people are using Rust, for example, are still so new. Um, and the majority of smart contracts, at least on top of Ethereum or the EVM in general, are still on Solidity, I'd say. Um, it's so new that like developers, like there was a huge rush of developers that are like, wow, these blockchain jobs are paying like, you know, 160 a year. I just got to learn Solidity. So they go and buy a course or they watch it up on YouTube. Um, and now they're a Solidity engineer, a Solidity developer. But there are way smarter people than me, like working on like the mathematics and the cryptography and network security and things like that with these languages that are not actually building the protocols and the, and the, the smart contract systems that people are using. So what we see is that there are a lot of exploits that are there, but they, we just don't find them because, you know, I don't even think it, at least with this podcast or this recording, Solidity is at 1.0 yet. So it's so brand new that I would just have a lot of trepidation putting any money into some sort of smart contract. I know a lot of them work. A lot of them work pretty well. There's a great amount of hype over DeFi. I love the concept. Don't get me wrong. I love the idea of, again, decentralize everything, get out of the silos, get out, get rid of the middlemen, Um, you know, especially with banking. Um, at least with the United States, I guess worldwide too, but really in the U S you know, with redlining and just discrimination of just of people of color, mainly in the United States with banking, the banking system as one of many systems, like I'm all for decentralization and DeFi. It's just, again, it's still so new that I, I would be very hesitant to put my money into a, into a project. Um, unless I knew it was going to go to zero again, that's kind of like, the, it's almost like an all or nothing type of thing. At least I, I find, um, I find older people, like people that have been in the space a while, it seems to be an all or nothing type of thing. to where, all right, I'm going to put a hundred bucks in. I'm either going to make money and it works or it goes to zero. Like, I feel like that's kind of the way you have to look at these quote unquote investments, because I hate calling them investments when people are just gambling at the end of the day.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess you uh, can see like that. Um, so we've been talking about it for a while you said like bitcoin just today hit 50k again right mm-hmm. um it we went up from 30k now about well, two or three weeks so um and i mean beginning of the year or a year ago was much much cheaper right so yeah. crypto has been going up quite heavily and a lot of people that i talk to they feel like I don't, I don't want to buy Bitcoin anymore because now it's too expensive, right? Um, I've already missed the boat. Um, and then those are the exact people that then buy uh, Shiba Inu because they think like it's still <laughs> cheap and <laughs> they haven't missed that boat yet. Um, what would you recommend them? Like uh, how to go about that? Because I mean, to a certain extent, I agree that maybe right now, Bitcoin is quite expensive and you have quite a big downside risk as well. So, Mm -hmm.
1: um, yeah, I mean, it's a valid question. It's just it's I'm not laughing at the question or laughing at people who say that, but it's funny to hear just because we've heard that for a decade now. Bitcoin was five hundred dollars or a thousand dollars. And people said, Oh, well, maybe I should wait till it gets back down to two hundred, or maybe I should wait back till it gets to ten K, or when Bitcoin hit 19K and then dropped back in uh, what was it, 2018, I believe. They said, Oh, well, it's really cheap. Should I like think about it? Bitcoin, if Bitcoin went goes back to 60, it'll be three times the price of its all-time high from 2018. And people are still saying it's too late. And people will always say, I believe people are always gonna say it's too late just because maybe like there's a thing called unit bias where if someone sees, wow, I've got 700 million Shiba Inu, I've got so many tokens, but I can't get one Bitcoin because it's so expensive. Um, I guess people either don't know if they don't know, that's fine. Or maybe they forget that Bitcoin, obviously, like all these other assets are fractionalized to where you don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. I don't like, I'm not going to buy a whole Bitcoin in one sitting. That's a lot of money. <laughs> um, but I would just suggest to them to maybe do something like dollar cost averaging. You know, where if if they don't know, dollar cost averaging is basically a way to let's say you want to buy ten dollars a week every week forever. Um, you know, let's say you go to Starbucks every day and it costs you six bucks, so you're spending thirty dollars a week on coffee. Well, maybe only go uh, once a week, and then you could take twenty five dollars a week and put it into Bitcoin, for example. And so you could set that up every week to whether. Whether Bitcoin hits 50K and then drops down to 40, you still buy. Or if it goes up, you still buy. So you're basically averaging. You get That's why you'll see, uh, if you look at like reports from Michael Saylor um, or people that have a lot of Bitcoin that have been buying for a long time. Um, and some apps will do this too. They'll say, this is your average coin price. And basically, so what you're doing is if you buy it as many times as you can, you're averaging in to where the average price is usually a little lower than you know, unless you're always buying as it's as it spikes up. So I would just advise people to start small. And just look at if you're going to look at it as an investment, I think we should treat it as an investment Buy 20 or $30 of Bitcoin a week for five years and forget about it. Don't look at the price. Don't look at how much you have just buy it, send it to a wallet where the keys you control them and forget about it for five years. You know, like that to me is like an investment. It's not, oh, let me buy this and flip it in a week and make 300%. To me, that's just gambling and people can do it. There are definitely people I talk to that are that have made a lot of money in the space that do that. But as you know, at least with day trading or whether it's Forex or derivatives or anything or stocks, the majority of people lose money. Mm-hmm. Um, and with crypto, the swings are so crazy that people will be like, all right, I got a thousand bucks. I'm going to play with it. And then by the end of the day, they got like 50 bucks. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs>
0: yeah definitely especially if they put on the like 10 or 9 10x leverages in the Mm -hmm. crypto space actually still low like you see those guys like oh yeah i've been 50x leverage and i know (laughs) it moves like half a percent and they are liquidated (laughs) (laughs) i
1: I shouldn't even laugh i feel bad for laughing because like again people actually do that yeah. And they, they just don't know what they're doing and they're trying to it, it's almost it's not sad, but it, it makes me it makes me feel bad in a way. Because like if, if that's the extent that people are going to really try to change their lives, like I feel for them, like everyone wants more money, but I almost feel bad. It's like, man, you must be going through something, you know.
0: Mm. Um, so you have been talking a lot about like TCA into Bitcoin Um, how do you see Ethereum and maybe other large cap altcoins? Do you think there are altcoins that actually have a future and maybe change the world as well? Or do you think Mm -hmm. um, altcoins will all go to zero?
1: (laughs) Man, that is a good question. All of the Bitcoin maxis are going to hate me for saying this. So... (laughs) So, so, quick, not definition, but that's the, that's the difference between me and like hardcore maxis. Like, there are people out there that are maxis for Bitcoin, or just like every other coin is a shit coin. Every coin's going to zero. Um, I'll start with Ethereum and then I'll go to a couple others, I guess. So, with Ethereum, um, I, I like the idea. The only issue I have with the project is that it had a pre sale. And like, I remember when Ethereum was going on and it was like eight bucks. Like I remember when ether was $8, we were all like all in the office talking about it, but I didn't get any because I'm like, eh, I don't want to like do KYC and it's a security and things like that. Cause again, back then, like I didn't, I, and I still don't, I don't care about making money with crypto. I really don't like people might be shocked by the, like the statement, but I really could care less if I made money with crypto to me, it's about the asset. But anyways, with Ethereum, I love the idea. I like the smart contracts. Um, I like the community that's around it. They have a ton of development. But I think the issue with it now is that one, the coin is so expensive that it's it's literally pricing people out in terms of developing on the platform, which is why you see things like Solana, things like um, Matic, things like Binance Smart Chain, because it's gotten so expensive um, for people like software engineers like me to build on top of the platform that we're like, well, screw it. We're just going to go to the cheapest thing ever. Um, Because people who don't know, like anyone listening who doesn't realize this like it costs money obviously when you interact with these blockchains but it costs ether um and it's not like these are simple little contracts you know basically it compiles down to bytecode and runs like an actual program like an application on a computer, essentially, and it costs a fair amount of ether. And when ether spikes up to the prices we see, it might cost a couple hundred dollars just to like do a simple function, for example. And for a developer, like it's crazy for a developer like me, I'm like, screw that. I can go to Binance and it's super cheap. So honestly, like I wish the price was cheaper for Ethereum just because it would foster more adoption. For the protocol. But the only issue I have with it right now is that I I almost like people moving to other chains because there's so many assets and so much stuff built on top of Ethereum that like if Ethereum ever went away, like we'd see like half of the, half of the market cap just like blink overnight because like there's so many things built on top of Ethereum. It's ridiculous. Um, In terms of other pro, in terms of other chains that I see having a future, um, I mean, pretty much the top 10. I don't think the top 10 are going anywhere. ADA, obviously, like at the time of this podcast is spiking hard because we're getting close to September and the whole you know conference and smart contracts and all the stuff they're trying to do. They have a very active community. Uh, Litecoin is still going strong. Dogecoin, hilariously, is still in the top 10. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, maybe it could stick around. Like to me, oh, I'm sorry. I hit my mic. I'm sorry. To me, like, I don't want... Um, I don't want to say like every coin is a shit coin. I don't want to say every protocol is bad. Um, But I am looking at it through the lens of, okay, well, let's have have this protocol and its it's use cases are XYZ. And if that was it, then cool. Like it just exists and people use it for a certain application or they use it for a, a certain website or things like that. But again, everyone's trying to make money off the coins. So I know you're not asking me like give price predictions, but I've had so many people Pretty much asked me the same question, but their intent was like, hey, which one am I gonna buy to make money? You know? Um, but I mean, I think maybe everything, like it's, it's hard for me to even say what's going to be around because Mm -hmm. even four, three, four years ago, we had projects claiming to be like the Ethereum killer that are dead. Um, I don't think Bitcoin's going anywhere. Obviously I think if anything's going to stand the test of time right now, it's Bitcoin because if Bitcoin goes away, this entire thing goes away. Like Bitcoin is pretty much like the alpha Omega in the space. Everything's tied to it. It's half the market cap almost. Um, if Bitcoin went away, then like, we're done, like, see y'all later, like, we'll do something else with our lives. Um, but I, it's hard for me to even predict like how long these chains and protocols are going to last just because again, you could have a project that Mm. looks great. It's got a protocol working. It's got developers, it's got funding, it's got an active community and they run out of money or it just goes to zero or it's a scam or regulation comes in. It shuts them down. Like there's so many outside factors we can't really determine that it's hard for even someone like me to like think five years in the future even though that might seem like a small amount of time like even five years from now like we didn't think doge would be in the top 10 right and that was only a year ago so i i honestly have no idea all i know is that bitcoin at least is going to be here to stay for now just because it's it's pretty much the most adopted at this point you know So, I mean,
0: (laughs) I know I'm just
1: like going on like five,
0: 10 minute, like monologues. No, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. I was just, uh, you're like, you say it's very hard to say where we're going in five years. My next question for you was like, where do you see crypto going into in the future? But uh, mm-hmm. less in terms of like, oh, which chain is going to be around? Will we still talk about XRP? Will we still, still talk about ADA? Like not the coins in itself, but just the crypto as a sphere. Um, how do you think we will influence the world in the next years? And um, what space will it have in the financial sector? Mm. You
1: got some good questions. Sounds <laughs> <That was thinking. laughs> um, so I'm actually going to start at the second. What how will it influence the financial sector? I honestly, it's kind of it's kind of weird because now we have things like CBDCs, like the the central bank digital currencies that banks are trying to use. Um, I think all these institutions, whether they talk about it or not, have been trying to at least get into blockchain. I don't know if they're going to use a, a public asset. Basically, the, the way I'm saying this is like. Banks want to use blockchain, I feel like, because they want the auditability and they want to be able to trace transactions and be like, hey, look, we're the cool kids. We're using blockchain. But let's be real. They don't want to disclose like their competition or they don't want to disclose their numbers. So they're either going to use a hybrid chain to where they can change who can view it or they're going to not use one at all or make their own. So but Bitcoin's public, right? That's what you're asking, everyone listening. Of course it is. Um, so it's hard to even think if like banks are going to use these actual currencies. There, there are some banks that are letting their users um, buy Bitcoin, but they're custodial. So the banks are controlling the asset. So... Mm-hmm. I feel like, I almost feel like the banks, like to me, like Bitcoin and all these, like really Bitcoin was supposed to be like a big, like F to the banks. It was supposed to be like, I don't need the bank. Mm-hmm. I'm, I am my own bank. Right. I've got the private key. If I want to do business with someone, like if I want to send money, like, Hey Lucas, let me, you know, buy something from you. You just show me a QR code or send me an invoice and I pay it. And that's it. Like to me, like a future with Bitcoin is a future without banks, you know, which is kind of crazy to say because it's like, Oh, we need the banks to survive. Um, and I guess that's kind of like a more hardcore point of view. Um, but it's like, I don't even think the banks, like, I think they're more interested in blockchain than they are crypto. Is really what I'm trying to get at, you know?
0: Makes sense. Um, and like you I... were
1: talking about ADA and XRP, like, in a year or something, right?
0: No, I was, like, saying I don't care about which coin. It was just, like, because it, that's some top yeah. uh, five coins that um, I was like, you don't need to tell me which coins are, like, going to stick around <laughs> or, or which technology you think no, will around? nobody has
1: a crystal ball we yeah, can, yeah ex- like something could go away tomorrow but we've seen I, it happen you know
0: exactly but i mean there is a lot of things that um digital currencies can do if you think about the transaction cost and speed of xrp um if i want to send you money especially like into the developed world like I mean, you're in the US now, but if I want to send money to Bolivia or something, right? Mm-hmm. It's quite hard and super expensive to do just by uh, normal bank transfers, and crypto obviously solves that problem, right? I can send my XRP; it's gonna cost me not even a cent to be sent, and mm-hmm. um, the guy in Bolivia is gonna have it in a couple seconds. Uh, do you think like? banks will just have to adopt cryptocurrency or just develop or develop their own similar technology to keep up with that.
1: Hmm. I I think uh, I mean obviously I can't say. Um I think they're I think they're looking into it, definitely looking into it. Um because I mean even as far back as 2015, 2016, when I was working at that blockchain startup, we were working with a couple of banks um, Mm -hmm. that I don't think I'm allowed to disclose here, but you would know who I'm talking about if I mentioned their name. So like they've been looking at this for a long time, I think. Um, And I'm sure they see the people, uh, you know, like XRP, XLM, these super fast, super cheap chains um, that, you know, have their own issues, but still work most of the time and they seem pretty cool. Um, I don't know if they're going to, I don't know how they're going to move forward in terms of adoption. I feel like that's why maybe they're just going to look at CBDCs for now. uh, And then eventually either that will fail or that'll be a success. But like, I wouldn't be happy with it just because like, again, I'm, I'm for non-custodial solutions, right. To where you and I control the funds, no matter if it's XRP or XLM, Bitcoin, some sort of digital dollar, digital Euro or whatever. Um, As long as we could control it. um, Like that's what I'm for. But I have no idea where they're going, man. I think they're they're definitely trying. They're definitely looking into it. And I know that at least with XRP, for my limited research, I need to do more. But for my limited research, they're really trying to work with as many people as possible. I think they're actually going to work in Cambodia. Um, mm-hmm. I think I just read about that a couple of days ago.
0: Yeah, and I mean, the, the CBCDs, uh, CBDCs, that's it. Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to say. <laughs> to say <it. laughs> um, they would obviously still be controlled by the government. So mm-hmm. I think one of the big things about Bitcoin is it cannot be printed. It There will not be inflation once we hit the max supply, right? And um, the dollar, the big problem of the US dollar is just the sheer amount that's getting printed right now. And yeah. if we just make it, digital but it's still basically the dollar we're actually not changing anything just we Absolutely. are saying it just looks like a cryptocurrency but it isn't so it doesn't really solve the problem of the fiat money that we're facing right now
1: yeah and i think that's why so many people that have been in as long as i have are just like screw it let's just use bitcoin you know even even though like layer two solutions like lightning network are still um you know still being built out and still trying to uh you know, to work properly. Uh, they're just like screw it, you know. We'll just use Bitcoin because it's the oldest, it's the most widely adopted as the most network security. Everyone talks about the mining, you know, the ecosystem and the um, the climate change and greenhouse gas, all the energy consumption. That's the word I'm looking for. I said everything, but energy consumption. Um, you know, with proof of work, but I'm still a proof of work fan over proof of stake. Um, and yeah, you know, again, that's that's why people that, that have been in a while are just like, let's use Bitcoin, screw everything else, screw Ethereum, screw XRP, just do Bitcoin. Um, and I've definitely had those thoughts. It's almost like the dark side is kind of like pulling me over. Um, but I'm I try to keep my mind open to new improvements and new protocols because the space is always changing. I mean, I personally, like I blinked and now it's all like, DeFi yield farming atomic swaps and things like that um and you know i'm sure in a couple of years the next new hot thing in the crypto space will pop up and we'll all have to do some research together you know
0: what will you think in five years we can actually walk into any coffee shop or any cab and just pay with bitcoin
1: what would I think? I, I mean, I'd be ecstatic. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I mean, it, it'd be it'd be awesome. I mean, because I've paid with... I've bought a ton of stuff with Bitcoin. I've paid for coffee with Bitcoin. And as well, even back in the day before the Lightning Network, you know, most people would just wait for one transaction confirmation or they would just wait for the transaction to be in the mempool. So like you'd scan it and it would almost be like instant. It's like, all right, cool, thanks. Then you get a little receipt and tell you you paid in Bitcoin. Um, I think it'd be awesome just because... It's going to take a lot of work, though, because like especially from the merchant side, people are like, oh, how do I do taxes? Taxes is a a whole nother conversation with crypto, too, that people like newbies forget about. Um, They're like, how do I do taxes? How do I, you know, what if the value fluctuates? Things like that. Um, So it's going to take some time. I I don't think it's going to be five years, uh, which is why it's such a long term type of thing for me. Like to me, Bitcoin is just like if you want to put money into it and you're only looking at it for the sake of money, go ahead. But People talk about diversification with crypto. And to me, it's like have Bitcoin, but then also have your stocks, your ETFs, your 401ks, your mutual funds, your things like that. Don't do like Bitcoin, Ether, Litecoin, Dogecoin, XRP, XLM. Like don't have all these assets, you know.
0: <laughs> I mean, in the end, all these assets, if Bitcoin crashes, they all crash at the same time. So basically, yeah, yeah, it's and not it's, real not diversification. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. That, that's the viewpoint is like, well, if Bitcoin goes down 10%, everything goes down 30%. So like, why are you diversifying when you can just have the, the best thing ever, right? Like, that's kind of like the, the maxi point of view. And again, I'm not, I'm not making fun of maxis. I'm like a baby maxi at this point. Because like, <laughs> I've seen so many scams, and I've seen so many protocols that are just crap, to be quite honest with you. I, I honestly would say like 90 to 95% of all the coins out there is, is just crap. Like, They're not on their own chain. They don't have a good team, blah, blah, blah. Like they're not doing anything useful, right? That's why like the top 10 has been the top 10 for a while because those are projects that are actually at least trying or making it seem like they're trying to do something, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess a lot of them are. I mean, especially like if you hear the Cardano devs talking, they're like definitely having a vision and want to change the world. If they succeed, it's a different story. But I mean, at least they, I think especially in the bitcoin like even in the top 100 many many projects like if you look at the devs they are like genuinely trying to achieve something and believe in their projects um yeah that's why personally i stick to almost only top 100 projects and like pick out the ones that i like the most and yeah um
1: that's what I would advise for beginners too. Like, if, again, if they're looking at it just to make money, I, I, would, I would look at the top 100 too. Because the majority of those projects, you're right, they're at least trying or showing, or even if they're faking it, they're trying, they're faking that they're trying to, to, to do something um, and just don't put in more money than you're willing to lose or go to zero. Because again, like all of this is all speculation. No one mm-hmm. has a crystal ball. I don't care how many charts you read or how much technical analysis you do. Like it's all speculative. Um, some like a black swan event could happen tomorrow and like everything crashes to nothing, you know? So like, we don't yeah. know like where it's going to go. So you just got to be careful. You know, you got to realize that there is still a lot of risk in crypto, even in Bitcoin. If you're looking at it from a monetary perspective, like there's still a lot of risk. Um, and I think that's what scares a lot of beginners off is that they, you know, I've heard so many stories. I can't even count them to where people put money into some shit coin and it crashes 60, 70% and they're like, well, wow, I just lost all this money in, like, an hour. How, Like, they can't even comprehend, <laughs> like, how they lost the money. I've had people tell me, like, oh, they must have scammed me because I lost all my money. I'm like, no, the token price went to zero, so your value is zero. They're like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, they literally they literally think people got, like, they got scammed. And I guess, in a sense, they did. But, like, they'll they'll lose 70% of their money, and then they're like, oh, crypto's a scam. E- even Bitcoin's a scam. I'm never coming back. I'm gone and like that's what i don't want i just and and again that's why like we got to get them before they like do their first purchase and like i just want people to know what they're doing and what they're buying before (laughs) they get into it because i don't want people to have like a bad taste in their mouth from crypto um because and like that's why i want people to learn more about the blockchain too because like no one ever really talks about the blockchain and when they do it's like snooze fest you know like who wants to talk about consensus mechanisms that's boring let's talk about making money
0: you know (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, for most people that are not technically very well versed, you know, and don't know anything about programming, it's just so hard to comprehend, comprehend the technology behind all the cryptocurrencies, right? Yeah. So, so I think that's also the reason why people are not, um, yeah, don't, don't try to learn so much about that part and they're like, in the end. I don't care about technology. I'm not a programmer. I just want to make my money, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know.
1: Well, I'm not even telling people to like learn that much about it, at least if they could define like what a blockchain is. And like, maybe if they got really heavy into the weeds, like talk about mining or talk about like proof of work versus proof of stake and pros and cons and things like that. Um, it's not like I really use any of that now, like, obviously I do use it every day cause I'm a developer, but even if I'm not programming, like, it's not like I use it all the time, but it's good to, it's just good to know. Um, you should know what you're putting your money into period, whether it's yeah. an ETF or a mutual fund or index funds or, or crypto, like you should just know what you're putting your money into, how it can grow. Um, even basic stuff man like what's the total market cap what's the total supply is it capped is it uncapped can they print more like things like that that like people don't even realize even like doge for example like 60 something or like 40 something percent of the total supply is held by like 20 wallets and to me i'm like whoa red flag like they all these people could dump on people and and tank the price but people are like oh doge to ten dollars doge like i've seen TikToks <laughs> that so people are like doge is going to thirty dollars i'm like y'all are crazy <laughs> like do you realize how many are out there like it doesn't make sense like if doge hit a dollar it would be like like is i can't even think like i don't even I, yeah. I don't even know what the total supply is right now i might even pull it up while we're talking just because like the total supply of doge is insane they're making like millions of them every year every day even
0: yeah yeah it's so easy to mine <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh but, yeah, and now people are trying to mine Dogecoin too. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, the total supply is um, what is this, 130 billion. So if Doge gets to like a hundred dollars, it's like more than like the like GDP of the states or something. Something crazy. <laughs> you get the point. I'm not good yeah. with numbers right now. You get the point. Like there's so many out there that like there's no possible way for it to get to a dollar unless it unless it was used by everybody. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, I mean that makes that's that's uh, the, the concept that a lot of those guys I'm asking is did you ever hear the concept of what a market cap is? If you would just know that very basic thing, then um, you would know that Doge is not gonna go to ten dollars anytime soon. Yeah. And uh, because it would just require so much money to flow it into the asset. But mm-hmm. and I mean what you said with the technology is I think I definitely agree. I mean, I'm not a programmer. I don't know anything about it or I didn't, but I'm a finance guy. I'm an athlete. Call me whatever you want, right? But I, I understand those things that you were talking about. And I think that has helped me a lot to understand what I'm actually investing in and just read about the project and actually make sense to the text. Because if you don't know the basics about technology behind it, you read about the project and you literally don't understand anything. So Mm -hmm. I think uh, I agree with you that uh, knowing the basics is super important.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost like um, people who do like stock options, right? Like, you know, some people don't even know what a a call and a put is right. And then they start talking about like time decay or theta decay and, you know, all these crazy numbers. And it's like, you sh- if you're into, op- I'm not an options trader, obviously. I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't even know what I'm talking about. But like, if you're an <laughs> options person, like you should know how that works, just so like you're understanding like the data that you're receiving. Like yeah. if you can't, if you can't understand the data that is readily available for you to make the best sort of, um, you know, purchase available, I don't want to say investment, because it's all speculative. Because to me, like an investment, like almost has a guarantee of X amount of percent return a year, right? Like you invest in the stock market because usually year over year, it's like 6% or something. Mm -hmm. But like with crypto, we don't know where it's going, but I'll say it anyway, in terms of investing, like if you're going to invest your money into crypto, again, you should at least understand the words on the page or like the person on the other side of the screen or the other side of the camera, like talking to you um just so you make the best decision for yourself so you like don't get scammed or you don't lose Mm. 70 percent of your portfolio in a day you know
0: definitely um so i think we have covered a lot and talked about a lot of mistakes and i'm sure this will be of great value to anyone who just entered the crypto space or is trying or thinking about entering so uh, thank you a lot for all of that then I have one last question that I basically ask anyone um, that has not. that's a bit of topic maybe. <laughs> um, and that's, uh, do you like reading? Do you have a book suggestion or your favorite book? Um,
1: Good question. Um, I don't have a lot of books, but I'm looking at them right now. Um, so spoiler alert, like I, I program so much that at the end of the day, I'm just like, I need a total brain dump. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I need. I don't read as much as I should. Um, I, I mean, the the first book that always comes to mind when I want to recommend what is is Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss, just because it's like I, I used to be in the nine to five rut, and like now I probably work just as much as I as I used to in in a nine to five, but I'm happier because I'm making more money and I'm working on the things I like to work on, and I'm doing the things I like to do and things that I find meaningful. Um, like in my life, I'm not you know, a, a a corporate worker that has to answer to a boss. So I would definitely recommend that book. Um, I'm trying to think of another one off the top of my head, but honestly I might just leave it there. Four-hour work week is a pretty good book. It's pretty classic. Pretty, pretty good answer, I think, or a standard answer. So <laughs> yeah, I probably do. heard it a lot, but I do love the book.
0: Actually I don't know if I heard it a lot because maybe because of a lot of people they think they have to give something more special. So actually, there were a lot of books that I didn't even know existed. And I actually got to read because a podcast guest recommended it to me, um, Mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. Um, But you definitely can't go wrong with your suggestion. So (laughs) I think it's a good one.
1: (laughs) Well, for anyone who's listening to this in the... um in the, uh, the United States. Well, I'm sure anybody outside the United States, but it really focuses on the, the US. Um, because I am a moderator of the Black Bitcoin Billionaires Club, I'm obviously not black, uh, spoiler alert, but one of the <laughs> moderators there uh, recommend, recommended me, can't even talk, the book Black Labor, White Wealth uh, by Claude Anderson. Um, that's a good book to read too, as well, if you're interested in learning more about um, you know Jim Crow era.
0: Yeah, I think definitely. Uh, I mean, I haven't read it. I uh, haven't even heard about it. <laughs> but, he's a good
1: author. They, he's got. A, he's actually has a, a lot of uh, a lot of publications. I'm still in the middle of it though.
0: Well, I would say definitely a very recent topic and something. Yeah, that outside of the crypto and technology world that we have to think about. yeah
1: i mean just just got to learn as much as i mean obviously like education is the most important thing but like it really is man like (laughs) like when you talk to people just expanding your horizons you know try to read more try to travel more try to just you know use the emic perspective and put yourself in other people's shoes and just try to um build up your knowledge base because um it's really um what's the word i'm looking for just rewarding you know like It feels good to learn something that you've never heard about or, or learn about something so that you can kind of empathize with other people and like learn about other people's struggles and, and plights and things like that so um definitely would check out both of them but yeah if i had to pick one obviously like i think i'm re- i'm reading it right now again because I'm looking at it on my nightstand right there, a four-hour work week. So good question. I've never been asked what book I'm reading before. That was completely unexpected.
0: <laughs> well, I, I guess maybe, I don't know, maybe programmers don't talk among each other so much about books. Maybe <laughs> more about, <There> <laughs> about <Yeah>. codes and <laughs> and all the technologies. So, it thank you so much for coming on. It was a lot of fun, uh, very informative. I really like this interview. So thank you so much.
1: Thanks, man. I appreciate the
0: time. During the interview, I actually completely forgot to ask Ratty where you can find or reach out to him. So, uh, yeah, if you want to follow his Instagram or follow his YouTube channel, uh, follow his podcast or, um, yeah, just join his Clubhouse chat, then um, make sure that you head down into the show notes and you'll find all the links and you can reach out to him. I'm sure he would be very happy uh, if you would join his channels or reach out to him. Um, Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's show. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did so, again, please leave a follow. Subscribe to my podcast would mean the world to me. Thank you so, so much and now have a great day.